Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 14, titled The Other Side. Uh, what, what was the other side on this one? Uh, wherever the chicken was trying to get to and he got ran over by a car. Yeah. It's best to stay on, right. it's best on this side. The other side, not great. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this episode? It, it, it was okay by Walking Dead standards. All it's right. just roughly how I feel. Makes Rosita and Sasha seem dumb, and they don't really resolve that. And we got some cool kind of like background information about Rosita, but uh, to the extent it makes me feel like she's she's a goner because that's the way the mm-hmm. Walking Dead rolls. And ultimately, it just seems like super dumb, and uh, the show not really wanting to even dis- discuss about uh, how dumb it is, even when there's multiple opportunities for characters to. I mean, they do it to a little bit. Like, like I'm, I'm glad that um, Enid has enough of a head on her shoulders that she recognizes the danger and how unfair and dangerous. Sasha and Rosita going off half cock to kill Negan is, mm-hmm. and Jesus as well, and Je- yeah. Jesus, but to a lesser extent because but cause, they're not putting up much of a fight. Yeah, right? it's like well, you shouldn't do it, but if you're if you're going to go, I'll go with you. So like even right. the, we can implicate even more fucking settlements in this whole deal. Um, and that's the most illogical part is where you know Jesus offers to go with, and she says no, they need you too much, and he's like, yeah, they need you too. That's I, the point of this, Sasha. Right. Right. And Sasha and there's no real meaning full debate about any of this stuff so um yeah yeah I and mean, there are a couple of bright spots i i always enjoy seeing simon on the screen um you know he's a villain but yep. i think he's a well-done villain yep um there's there's a sort of heart-to-heart here with maggie and daryl i don't know how you felt about I, that it was that was another one it that was I borderline was, for me but i thought it was mostly good i thought it was it was it was nice to see them deal with um Daryl's guilt over the the death of uh, Glenn, but it was a weird right. one the 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 showcase because the setup was Daryl doing the same thing that got Glenn killed in the first place, which mm-hmm. is going off half cocked, not because he thought there was an imminent threat that needed to be dealt with, but just because he wanted to kill saviors because yeah they've uh, they've crossed him one too many times, and I get it. Like I was looking, I went on the Walking Dead for uh, subreddit to see what people were saying right and it seems like there were an unusual amount of front page posts where people were talking about these illogical issues but all the top rated responses were essentially you know either stop watching the show and get off our subreddit or ptsd 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 these people have ptsd they're just acting crazy all the time crazy and i'm like that's PTSD from the Negan stuff? Yeah, and like and like like from like losing cold, two calculated multiple day planning PTSD. I didn't know that that kind of variety of PTSD existed. Like yeah, and, and then there again, like even even if you're saying that, then when all the characters just kind of take like when PTSD is essentially another way of saying it's this character's time to hold the idiot ball. Mm-hmm. So the plot can advance to the next thing. I don't see why that's interesting to watch. Yeah. So it's you know, and and, and I t- I guess this was less fun to watch because it was not like batshit crazy enough where you could just laugh at it. And there was yeah, actually some yeah. effective emotional beats that kind of pulled me out of ha ha joke joke mode. Right. 
So I don't know. But <laughs> a very lukewarm, lukewarm episode for me. Yeah, same here. Uh, I guess we should get into the recap to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Before we get to the recap proper, I just want to do some uh, housekeeping real quick. Uh, last week, we had a podcast with me, Jim, and Levi from the Direct Podcast where we talked about Sci-Fi's The Expanse. Sci-Fi? Sci-Fi? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh it, it's, it's well, however you call it, the expanse is like, in my opinion, the best science fiction show to come out in a long time. And we got caught up in the first two seasons and gave our thoughts about we're at the midpoint of the season. So if you've been watching that or you want to know why you should check out that podcast. And also Jim and I finished the exciting conclusion of our playthrough of the life is strange video game series last week, this week coming up uh, uh, in addition to all of our regular scheduled content, uh, I had a discussion with Shane Bowman from the film Schlub podcast and Eric from direct about the breaking bad movie that came out last week. Some, some two crazy Frenchmen, uh, edited 60 hours of breaking bad down to two. Did it work? Did it not? We discussed that. And, uh, later this week, I'll be having a uh, podcast, uh, about the season of the girls so far. And also I binged Netflix's love, uh, season two, and uh, I'll be having discussion about that, uh, as well as all of our other podcasts like Legion, etc. So uh, go to baldmove.com if any of that sounds good to check it out. So uh, we are treated to a montage of life at the hilltop, mm-hmm. underscore by uh, Bear McCreary's trademark getting stuff done montage banjo mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Uh, there's, they're forging tridents or maybe spearheads, uh, at the, at the blacks, blacksmith's uh, armory. Uh, they're teaching throwing knife classes. Sasha's having a hard time emotionally adjusting. Maggie's getting an ultrasound and has a preposterously large fetus for an extremely flat Lauren <laughs> Cohen belly. Right. Like she's just, I'm just going to, maybe, maybe the baby's fitting into the torn uterus part. Yeah. Like there's this giant Grand Canyon like fissure that's just nestled it's in. It's like a so. tear in the space time continuum. <laughs> it's just kind of all going into yeah, that. Yeah, Maggie's womb is now like like the TARDIS. It's just got <laughs> right. like extra. It's it's got a seventh dimension now that the that the fetus is expanding into. So that's yeah. that's exciting. Uh, she's making lists about what they need to gather for the war, including scrap metal, batteries, a new generator for Eduardo. Uh, uh, emergency exit, horses or hoses, weapons training. There's a bunch Both. of shit that she's writing down. Uh, the horses for the hoses and vice versa. Uh, someone's making homemade peanut butter up in this piece because there's kind of like a throwaway shot of pregnant Maggie just eating a variety of vegetables and fruit. Missed opportunity to have her dipping a cucumber in yeah. peanut butter and taking a big bite. That would have yeah. really upped the cucumber game. The season's been working on right. A shout out to the Swedish. It would it would be a shout out to season two. Could have yep. done it all. Yep. Uh, Daryl is betrayed as very dejected and lonely, still dealing with the effects of being tortured long term. Uh, Gregory is, and not... I think also about his guilt getting Glenn killed. Yeah, he, he didn't really have much time to sort of settle in from that. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And like I said, like. The PTSD thing is, I think, a valid excuse for some of the people some of the time. It's just all the people all the time, the problems that I have. Yeah. Uh, Gregory, not liking this new set found sense of community and uh, a group soldier training. He's he's very, con- very, very uh, confounded by it, uh, and also his shortage of booze. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just down to his last drips of gin. Uh, Rosita uh, shows up with a crazy pants plan, uh, which... 
informs us that the entire montage we just saw was an extended flashback of what the Hilltop was doing since Rick's visit. Right. Uh, anything you want to talk about? I mean, I, that's just uh, I much saw it. that on on the map that they draw, there was yep. uh, the word angel and a bunch of arrows pointing to it, and we've seen this angel before, right? So we know that this is... that. I'm just wondering if, like, at some point, someone on Reddit or the internet at large is going to try to create a map of this compound, mm. and it'll just look... Like, I feel like the show itself doesn't have a map of the compound. No. And so for the people to... The fans of the show to try to create one. I know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's just I can't see it ever being accurate. Just it, it, maps not useful unless it, unless it it specifically draws out all the blind spots where you can hide on a box fan. Right. Like I got I got to know where all the sight lines are where you can just be a man sized object on a white <laughs> box truck and not be seen mm-hmm. by the guards that are constantly overlooking the facility. Uh, so we find out some character development from Jesus, which, uh, maybe Jesus is going to die soon too. Uh, he never felt like he even, he belonged in the hilltop until Sasha and Maggie came. And by working hard to integrate them into the community, he accidentally integrated himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he found it hard to get close to people cause he, he grew up in a group home, some kind of foster environment and he never could get close to like loved ones or boyfriends. He says significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, are people, anyone losing their shit about the fact that Jesus is gay? I don't think so. I didn't see it mentioned anywhere. Like, I, I just... I, 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 I saw it mentioned as a as a difference from the comic. Like, that was the only way in which I saw it commented on. Hmm. Like, they did it a little differently. They hmm. did that reveal differently. But Jesus is still gay in the comics, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. like, because I remember someone spe- asking in the uh, uh, the mailbag section earlier in the season, like, did, does anyone have a problem with the fact that Jesus is gay? And I'm like... You know, who, what kind of hypocrite, out of all the moral failings depicted on this show by both the villains and <laughs> uh, the good people, like, there's murder, there's rape, there is adultery, there, like, if you stop watching because some dude is gay, uh-huh. like, what the hell is wrong with your, your, your fucking compass, man? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, your true north is all jacked up, pointing east, I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't get over some of the clunky... Walking Dead dialogue in this though, like it's they, pretty good. Yeah, they continually. Okay, so Jesus says, "When I was first here, I was never here," mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Yes, we get it. Here's mm-hmm. not here. You you can go and you cannot go." Right. I hate this shit when they try to you create can, you, these turns of phrases. You can shape shift into Maggie's seventh dimensional uterus. You can do all kinds of different non Euclidean <laughs> things in The Walking Dead. Right. They always try and like make some profound pithy statement mm-hmm. and it just never works it yep. never works and the the best of these like in the real world are never like this kind of sort of confusing what did he mean by that right kind of thing right. it's like very very fucking clear exactly what i meant right. it's a uh it's an insight that is true not an insight that you have to kind of scratch your head and go what does that mean exactly mm-hmm. it's funny because i I, th- I feel like they nailed eugene's dialogue mm-hmm like they're they're pretty inventive and creative coming up with what some kind of weird mulleted jackass raised on computer games and the internet would say. Why can't they just nail people speaking? I don't know. I feel like they're sometimes trying to be too clever. Yeah, yeah. With all the here's not here stuff, and not just sometimes, like all the time. Right. Like just some just 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 try to r- write a write a scene between two people. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, Sasha sneaks in, takes advantage of this uh, discussion because Maggie segues into wanting to talk to the blacksmith about uh, making spears so they can trade the kingdom for riot gear, which I thought was kind of a nice callback to her and Glenn, uh, you know, tooling up and, and uh, taking on the prison. Uh, Sasha sneaks in and raids the bullet book. Uh, just Jesus walks in on her with Enid and is like, hey, I know what you're doing. Don't go because Maggie needs you. And she's all like, no, Maggie needs you. And they're like, okay, well, cool. We'll help you and go. <laughs> Doesn't that prove our point? And then she's like, no, no, it's just you guys that Maggie needs. Maggie needs a people. Right. The set of which does not include me now. Yeah. And then uh, Enid confronts her after Jesus leaves. Because Jesus is just like, yeah, you shouldn't do this. But uh, if you're going to do it, hey, we'll all go with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Enid says, hey, you, you owe it to Maggie to talk to her about this. I think Jesus says that, actually. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Sasha gives Enid a friendship bracelet that, to finish for Maggie's bracelet. Is this Or, I mean, baby, rather. I I don't remember, and maybe I should, but is this something we've seen before? I don't think so. Is this just whole cloth made up? Because we're probably not going to get much Sasha in the future. <laughs> right? It's 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 some kind of thing that they're going to play some sad music when Enid looks down on her wrist, and or when she when she, she ties on it on baby the Juice baby's neck. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I, next episode Enid is going to give this to Carl and. Sasha's going to come back, and she's going to say, hope you like that. I made it. <laughs> or or at least yeah. I made part of it. Enid kind of yeah. finished it, but you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so Enid then says, yeah, thanks for the friendship bracelet and all, but uh, in 10 minutes I'm telling Maggie. Yeah. Good and for that's her. What I'm, yeah, no, seriously. In fact, and it's not her fault that the Savior's fuck up her 10-minute plan. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and oh boy, the saviors are coming. Uh, Paul Revere on top of the walls, banging his silver spoons together, and they are coming. And Sasha and Rosita decide to bolt out a wood pile that Sasha had cleverly hollowed out to get outside the fence. Kind of cool. Yeah, it looked like there was a tunnel dug underneath that thing, and yeah, yeah, they kind of fall down into it. Yeah, something yeah. that you'd think the saviors might look in if they're if they're looking for people. Like Daryl might be under all this wood. Yeah. The doctor might be under all this wood. Well, there's a lot. I mean, like, if you're going to go check the root cellar, you're not going to check a box that is more than human size that's... I was trying to figure out what they're like, doing Like, you're going to open cellar. up and like, holy shit, a secret tunnel outside the wall. Huh. That's going to be a problem. I mean, I, I think they're just in the cellar collecting shit. Like, either taking stock and grabbing stuff or uh, just well, taking stock, because... Yeah, we're about to get there. Okay. Because uh, I, I got some things I want to throw, uh, throw by... Uh, uh, Maggie and Daryl, I think, l- do the math and decide that they can't get to the wood box. I think you're in right, time, yeah. and so they hightail it around. And now it's funny because you have these three people conspicuously running away in full view of the saviors pulling into the courtyard. Like uh-huh. as I was mentioned, people's eyes drawn to movement, and like mm-hmm. if I was Simon, I'd be very curious about the three people hightailing around the building as I'm pulling up, but. Whatever, I'm not Simon. Well, Jesus was over on the other side of the camp doing like sweet karate kicks. <laughs> was he? He was distracting him. Yeah. All right, all right. That that makes <laughs> he's got his hair flowing in the sun right. and he's doing tai chi and all this yeah. crazy shit. Uh, so Negan sends just a oh, but I, I, I mentioned that uh, Maggie and Daryl decided to then hide out in the mansion's basement. There's like a root cellar down there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Negan sends just a shit ton of goons with Simon. There's like 30 dudes with guns. Like he's really coming in force. I, apparently, they thought that taking the community's only doctor mm-hmm. might be controversial. Yeah. Uh, Simon informs uh, Gregory that he's moved on from gin to tequila because the last time when he offered him, was it scotch or bourbon? He mm-hmm. said, I'm a gin man. Right. Uh, and also wants to be taken to the doctor. Uh, there's a brief scene of... i got a suggestion for him. Okay. Diplomatico rum. <laughs> you know, he's going to move on. He's not yeah. going to be a tequila guy next time. But... Tequila's not bad. Like, I find um, tequila... And rum and bourbon and was they're all the good sippers. Like gin, not a good sipping drink. Vodka, gin's pretty good to mix. I think it can be vodka, yeah. not not a good sipping drink. Right, like turpentine, not. And, and not I feel good like sipping, you sipping have to drink, qualify sipping. with rum and tequila. You got to get good rum and you got to get good tequila because you can kind of sip a mediocre. Oh yeah, there's nothing worse than bourbon. bad tequila. But yeah, bad tequila. Jose Cuervo. Ooh, There's yeah, nothing worse than bad stuff. tequila, Jose. Anyway, uh, Sasha and Rosita are outside scavenging for a vehicle. Uh, Rosita tells Sasha that she made her necklace when it flops out of her decolletage. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha come, tries to come back with, hey, where'd you learn how to disarm bombs? That's pretty cool. And uh, Sasha says, "Not I wasn't in the army. I learned it from somebody, not him, which we understand is Abraham. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she says, look, fuck this. I only want to talk about the mission. So Sasha starts an argument with her about whether they want to go in commando style or set up sniper style to take him out from a distance. And it's essentially for sure get taken out um, or have multiple shots and maybe get out alive mm-hmm. and make sure versus play it safe. That's what they kind of want us to believe. I I mean, we're... I fall down down on Sasha's side here. Yeah. Like, I I want to stay back, take the shot, possibly get out of there alive. And, you know, and I, but I think, I'm not suicidal like Rosita clearly is. I also know? think it would be a cool idea to kind of, like, um, maybe surround Negan with a bunch of different scouts that would take pot shots on him as he goes outside and make him, like, really paranoid about leaving and make him spend troops to go out from mm. the sanctuary and actually find you know the the, uh, the former perimeter like like yeah. you know make get him not feeling comfortable if you're going to do something stupid mm-hmm. do something stupid with tactical strategic value yeah uh so yeah that's that uh Enid sees a one lone goon splitting off from the other group and getting too close to the root cellar so she goes over with a basket of fresh veggies oh and fruits and fruits. I mean, she sells those fruits pretty short yeah. by calling them veggies. Well, you know. They're cantaloupe. Yeah. Conspicuous to cantaloupe over here. Is it just cantaloupe season in... It must be. A- in Alexandria, in the hilltop? And it, 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 it must be. It's, it's, like how many cantaloupes do they grow in Virginia? It, it's high melon season in Virginia right now. <laughs> The height of melon season. I guess so. It's like I, you know, I didn't realize, but okay. You know how, like, in sometimes a year, like every person that you work with that has a garden just brings in yeah. a preposterous amount of zucchini and cucumber because uh-huh. clearly, clearly they've planted. I feel like that's what in Virginia. That's the 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 the, the melon is mm-hmm. the cucumber and zucchini of the Midwest. Just like you know, they plant one seed and they have fifty million yeah. cantaloupes in their backyard. It's just take it's an invasive species. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, she she offers these fresh veggies to this Negan's goon, and surprise, he is a totally unwashed asshole about it. Yeah. He smacks the vegetables out of her hand and uh, demands her to call him veggie, vegetables. 
Right. Uh, he demands that she hand over her spiffy new throwing knife. Then he investigates the root cellar anyway. Uh, Maggie sees Enid's knife on his hip and starts to see red. There's a lot of tension here. I, it puzzles me what beats this show decides to hit. Like, yeah. This is a beat that didn't need to be hit at all. Because it doesn't pay off at all. No, it does not. And right. and I Maggie doesn't go in, and she's not the one that Daryl has to hold back here because no. Maggie thinks that Enid has been killed or something. I, this, I do think they're contrasting Maggie. Mm-hmm. She's way but more justified in wanting to kill saviors than Daryl is, but she sure. has uh, able to pull her shit together and, and not do these crazy things that Daryl is trying to do. But it's a thing we already know about Maggie. I get it. Maggie's yeah. been more reserved. So, like, showing this knife of Enid's uh-huh. makes zero... It, it just so it's a waste of time. Like it's you know the the, the classic why why oughta why oughta, I'm gonna come out from behind this root cellar and right know. when nothing's actually gonna happen and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Simon rounds up Doctor Carson. Uh, he's he's for, he's he's taking his uh, uh he's taking the doctor prisoner essentially. The doctor says, what do you need with two doctors? And Simon does an impressive 17-point face take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like the East German judges went wild for it. The degree <laughs> of difficulty, this this performance. He did a mm-hmm. three full gainers, a triple Lutz, and a half axle with his face. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. It's great, though. This is the way to do a villain because I truly enjoy watching Simon. Whereas yeah. you, like, and you contrast the, this with the other guy, the, the Richard guy. Fucking drop off from Simon to this fucking. Ta- I can't even say fucking right. I'm, I, I <laughs> split the jersey fucking and fracking. Yeah. This tapioca faced buffoon. Right, right. Like, it's night and day. This Simon guy is so good. Like, like Stephen Ogg is great. Can you not... Is there a shortage of dudes that can play stone-cold badasses in yeah. Georgia? I, I, or in Hollywood? Like... I, yeah, I guess true. Like, you can fly them. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Fly. In the UK, maybe? Can we right. go to other countries and sure. get people? Sure. Because... Get, get one of those dudes that's a fake American accent that can, that can right. you know, be a bit of a badass. Because it's just, like, you see Simon and, like... Uh, I'm not laughing and mocking right. Simon. No, and I'm enjoying because my even, time watching him. Even when he's being stupid, it's cool. Yes. And that's something yes. also that Negan can do. And right. you got to wonder, like, why are we saddled with Dwight and this other fucker as his other right-hand men? Yeah, I, I guess he's third string, right? Maybe that's why I he mean, wanted Daryl so bad, because he knew he was really thin on the badass bench. He's I like, guess, I got yeah. a bunch of tapioca-faced motherfuckers <laughs> that are j- just barely holding it together. Yeah. And I'm sending them to my number one contentious big-time threat in the kingdom. I don't know why. Simon should be handling the kingdom. He should, Tapioca yeah. face dick bag should be handling the hill. Cause Gregory, Gregory, yeah. Gregory, you could send, like, a literal... You could send Eugene. Eugene mm-hmm. could bully Gregory. Oh, yeah. Easily. He'd come he in with that Dr. Him, Eugene no porker bullshit and uh-huh. just completely befuddle him. Uh, all right. Uh, Carson figures out that his brother is dead from this elaborate 17-point face take. Mm. Carson uh, then charges Gregory taking care of his patients, which I have a feeling not going to do such a good job. Probably not. Since patient number A1, I think, is Maggie mm. and her torn uterus. Uh, Simon says, get your shit. We're getting out of here because we not only do we have all the medical supplies you need, we also have cardamom gelato, which yeah. I don't know what that is. I know what gelato is. but Cardamom is just like a spice. It's a flavor, essentially. <laughs> What's it taste like? 
I don't know. Never had it. Because, like, you know, sometimes you hear something that doesn't sound like a pistachio ice cream. Sounds like it's going to taste like a nut sack. But it's actually pretty good. It is, yeah. You don't like... You don't like... No, I I actually didn't like it until I tried some some donuts at a local restaurant because when you agreed with me it pistachio. tastes like a nut sack and then also agreed that you liked it no I'm it like, sounds like it's okay, gonna taste like okay. a nut sack yeah, i yeah, agree yeah. with that yeah all right or like persimmon pudding i think persimmon pudding you do you think that sounds like it's something made out of mashed aspirin but it's actually delicious speaking of mashed aspirin that's what they're gonna be feeding maggie here pretty soon <laughs> they're gonna have per aspirin per aspirin pudding yeah from here till the cows come home because they <laughs> <laughs> they trade the doctor for literally just enormous man-sized case yeah. of aspirin. Like think what they put the the Ark of the Covenant in at the end of Indiana Jones. I, I gotta say just that with aspirin, like um, aspirin would save the life and change the life entirely of like a medieval town. Can you imagine okay. if you just yeah. went back in time and gave them a case full of aspirin? Like, hey, anyone gets a fever, uh, give them this. And like your survival yep. rates will like go increase tenfold, but it's still. I mean, the effects for your heart alone, right? Although, sure, yeah. Can you take aspirin when you're drinking mead all day, every day? See, I thought aspirin attacks the stomach, and it's acetaminophen that attacks the liver. So you have to like ro- you have to I, rotate but I think your poisons. Well, <laughs> I don't think you really want your stomach attacked. I'm not saying you should ever wash down any kind of painkiller with alcohol. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think Doctor Carson would recommend that as a frontline treatment. No. Uh, damn good thing that they. That I. I think that they initially established that the Carsons were brothers last episode. They did in or the two episodes ago. In the Walking Dead way of establishing that, yeah. right? Where they just casually mention it. But yeah. I, I, what is the, the point of having them be brothers? Because That's this guy question. did not seem overly moved when he. he it's almost like. My goddamn brother. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> right. You know. He also mentions that he's got an uncle here. Right. Like, make sure you, you feed my uncle a lot of aspirin or something. <laughs> I don't understand why he, it's important that they need to have his family members here, but maybe eventually it will become important. Uh, so anyway, Gregory asked to speak to Simon in private. Uh, he says, I'm concerned with the appearances here that if you, I just allow you to walk all over me and take my doctor, that people are going to essentially throw me, uh, overthrow me and replace me with some uncooperative person with crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. And Simon says, well, if you're having pro- problems, come and see me. And he gives him a sheet of paper with like instructions on like I don't know like what what to tell the guard to le- I mean it's- I think it's like a code word okay I think like walk up to the gate and say you are uh, Martinez or something right. and we'll let you in right so I imagine at some point someone else is going to get a hold of that someone other than Gregory and use that to get into the compound oh so here's here's the Walking Dead then does something that made me say fuck you Walking Dead because you're too far up your own ass they. Hmm inexplicably pull out to an extreme camera shot so that you miss the last 15 seconds of Gregory and Simon's conversation. They always pull out at the climax. (laughs) You should know this by now. Just squirt all over the audience's (laughs) belly. Ah, if you eyes rolled back, uh, (laughs) the gimple pulls out. I, why? What did the, like, 
you can pull that shit if you're Sofia Coppola and you've got Bill fucking Murray and you built up a whole movie where it's kind of enigmatic and you're wanting to know about this really and then like it kind of drives you mad but also makes you think for yourself. Uh-huh. In the middle of some random episode of The Walking Dead, really you want me to speculate on what these fuckers are talking about? Yeah, what could possibly? What could it possibly be, Jim? Look, they've done it. They got me talking about it. They did. They did. It works. Uh, like their conversation I, was I over. I really don't know. Yeah, it had it a was. beginning, middle, and end, and then they pull to out to the point where I'm actually not even sure they said anything. Like I, I just thought it went silent, but it does. Yeah, that, I guess that doesn't make sense. No, his lips were moving, and it wasn't. He wasn't just doing the face. Takes. I thought he was doing the face takes. That would be funny if he's just doing the extended face. <laughs> but takes. yeah, I, I mean, if they're pulling out and not explaining this dialogue, it's either not important and it's a stylistic thing, which. I don't really trust Walking Dead that much. Um, mm. Or it's important and they're intentionally obfuscating it, and I don't know why. How, I mean, they just give it up, pulling twists, and they're just like, you know what? We're just going to use shitty cinematic techniques mm. to obfuscate the next step in the plot because yeah. fooling audiences know. is hard work. All right. Uh, speaking of inexplicable, Daryl decides to try to kill the Naganite investigating the root cellar, even though he's not particularly getting close to their hiding place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also killing the guard would be the worst because it would cause rep- reprisals against the town. It wouldn't really make Daryl and Maggie any safer because they'd still have to escape with blood on their hands. Like, mm-hmm. uh, And Maggie kind of like, nope, hey, steady, steady. Uh, but they have a good conversation afterwards yeah. about Daryl feeling responsible for Glenn's death, and and it seems like the root cause of all this acting out behavior on Daryl is that he just wants to kill saviors. And Maggie's like, "Hey, me too, but I also want to win. Can you fucking yeah. help me win?" I mean, Daryl's feeling pretty guilty about the Glenn stuff. Like mm-hmm. he he really believes that he got him killed, and I he did. I I agree. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, like, Maggie tries to soften it a little bit. Right. Uh, you didn't do that. Negan did it, essentially. But, like... Which is also true. But it's also true sure. that if Daryl hadn't have fucking lost his mind yep. when they killed Abraham, Glenn would still be sucking air. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Glenn... Or, Glenn. Daryl's feeling real bad about that, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I, I like. And I, I like this conversation between Maggie and Daryl because you also right. get to see Maggie's side of it, you know, something yeah. that... Aside from the moment where it happens and she's... She's horrified. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of her reaction to it yet. And they've really remade her as the stateswoman. Right. Like, she's... Right. Uh, and, and to be fair to The Walking Dead, they have laid a lot of this track. Like, you know, mm-hmm. her learning at the feet of Deanna the politician. Yep. And then, you know, thinking about this in strategic and community and world-building terms rather than just immediate short-term goals. Like, that is uh, Maggie's um, pivot to community leader has been fairly well developed and told considering the amount of screen time she's gotten yeah definitely so good job the walking dead <laughs> uh gregory is visibly uncomfortable as the saviors take off with the doctor uh the saviors r- r- load him up in his preposterous monster truck with this giant dual stack diesel setup and they then roll coal on their own doctor. <laughs> they do, yeah. Like, if you don't know, rolling coal is when some asshole in a diesel truck intentionally detunes it and and floods it so it just belches out black smoke as a yeah. big middle finger to everyone breathing the air and, and Mother Earth in general. Uh-huh. And uh, themselves. 
and themselves because they're just it's essentially a giant I'm an asshole flag. Uh, yeah. And and if there's any listeners to roll coal, uh, you should feel bad and about yourselves. Spoiler alert: you breathe the same air we all do, right. so you're fucking yourself too. <laughs> right. But they don't believe that they are. Oh, and you got kids? They well, you're extra fucking them. So uh, congratulations. They, they, they just don't believe in fucking science. I'm surprised they believe in doctors. Okay. Uh, but there's 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 one this there's this doctor is like I I'd like for him to give his medical expert opinion about the dangers of like breathing. Uh, concentrated exhaust fumes for the duration of like he's going to arrive. He's going to arrive at at the savior complex, brain dead. Probably, yeah. They're going to roll coal the whole twenty miles there. Yep. He's going to get black lung and die in less than five miles. And then what are you going to do? <laughs> then what are you going to do? Be out of doctor. I guess Eugene will be the only Eugene doctor. Eugene the only doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sasha and Rosita successfully steal a car from a small group of zombies. Um, the only thing of note here, I thought, was the funny air, airplane spoof where Rosita's high speed backing up, up and there's like zombies flying over the hood and rear of her car. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a man- mandatory ingenuity sequence, right? Like, this is how they're executing the plan sequence. Right. It's just super. And nothing interesting about it's it. It's just super padding because they could have just yep. gotten a car and gone to their destination. Now. Yep. It's interesting because, well, I'll, I'll wait till, for another scene to deploy the interesting part. Uh, and by interesting, I mean something stupid that I'm going to bitch about. Uh, Eugene presides over his failed Walker encasement policy. Remember? Oh, totally failed. He, he got one point of it correct, which is these zombie heads do look suitably resistant to impact. And somehow they survived the procedure. And they are they are uh, a fixed good well. They are fixed well to the fence. Mm-hmm. But the whole problem is they 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 there's they nothing fall at apart. the waste. The waste is where the last one fell apart. Yeah, Eugene promised a full on zombie encasement. Right. Maybe he's only a third of the way done with this project. Yeah, they just they got the head and shoulders. Yeah, maybe they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. I say fill a barrel with molten lead. Mm-hmm. Just dunk them. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just dip them. Yeah. Um, Again, ice cream cone of Dairy Queen. The the problem though is that the other the other thing is you can tell that the zombies are quite a bit stiffer than normal. So like, if you completely dip the zombie in molten metal, oh right. What are they can jaw, but they can't like grab or reach or do anything like that. Yeah. This just seems like a terror. I mean, cool, cool concept, but it just doesn't. It seems like even in execution, it's not that great. I figured out. I figured out the best possible plan. Replace their bones with adamantium. <laughs> sure. And by adamantium, I mean an actual metal that exists in the real world, uh-huh. but re- like re- aluminum. Right. Replace all their all their bones. Like you could probably do that with a walker, right? Like mm. rip its parts open and replace its bones, and then like what staple their tendons back to where just or screw uh-huh. the tendon. I guess you probably could because they don't. They're not going to complain. Oh, doctor, it the hurts. Thing is, if their if their skull is the is the is the texture of a ripe melon, like yeah. what are their tendons going to be like? That's a fair. Like point. it's going to be yeah. like nailing a limp, overcooked spaghetti noodle to a tree yeah. and expect to be able to pull down a tree with it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think, I mean, the best case scenario, I think, is you get like a, like, like cheesecloth. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as badass as metal, <laughs> oh, that would look but terrible. you literally build them like cheesecloth net suspenders. Right. So when their shit inevitably falls out, it just kind of <laughs> hangs there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all on board with Project Cheesecloth. <laughs> or maybe that cheese, like, like, like whatever they make, like, a potato sack out of. You know, that, like, right. plasticky mesh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I think it's plastic mesh. Plastic <laughs> yeah, mesh. Plastic yeah. canvas, maybe. There you go. There you go. You got you got to keep that shit together. Yep. Um. So he's he's overseeing all this bullshit. Sasha's looking at the savior complex through her sniper scope. Doesn't see Negan. Tells Sasha she sees Eugene. Mm. Uh, Sasha's trying desperately to connect with Rosita. Rosita's doing practicing tying knots, and she wants uh, uh, her to teach her some fancy rope knots. And Rosita says, sure, I'll show you. First, you cross the rope over your hand. Mm -hmm. Then you double cross the rope, you goddamn (laughs) man-stealing hussy. And (laughs) that's how you tie the double cross, you bitch. Uh, Rosita then says, give me that goddamn rifle. I want to look at Eugene. She does it in... I would love The Walking Dead twice as much if there was just a little beat where Rosita like 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 backs away from the sniper scope with like a bizarre look on her face and says, "What the hell does he have in his pocket?" Because uh, you can see his grimbly wind or whatever the hell is sticking yeah. out of his pocket. Like, wouldn't that 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 would be an awesome character moment? They would humanize Rosita, and I would like her a million times more. Yeah, of course they don't think to do it. Um, so yeah, that's it. She checks out, and then she decides to download her entire backstory. Essentially, Rosita, Sarah Connored, a succession of post-apocalyptic men, learned everything she could from them. She learned engines from some stunt drivers. She learned bomb defusal from some bomb defusal guys. Prepper, yeah, she has some prepper. Like, and, not even an official like pyro right. pyrotechnic, right? guy it's just a dude prepping so from her own admission she started off as a good-looking girl in the in the apocalypse and she used that to get close to men learn all that she could and when she learned their jobs better than they did and uh, she would bolt and go on to the next one which seems like a pretty reasonable survivor survival yeah, strategy you use what you got i mean eugene had bullshit yeah. So he used it. Right. Uh, he had his fancy words mm-hmm. that he could string together. Uh, it makes me wonder what the hell Rosita was doing before the apocalypse. If sh- if she's like, oh, yeah, you know, like I hung out with these guys and the thing that they never got is I was picking up the shit faster than they could lay it down, mm-hmm. essentially. Like I was doing it better than they were. Right. Uh, I guess she's just a slacker before the apocalypse. Well, she's really, I mean, I've always thought she read as very young. Yeah. Like mid to late twenties, so she could be so like she just doesn't have much experience. I mean, she, she could have been in college, or she could mm-hmm. have been whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, plus, I always know, assumed she was in the military, but I guess I I did. That's too. just an affected look. I did too. Yeah, because yeah. she does. She looks like uh, mm-hmm. uh, a prettier version of Sarah Connor. Right. Um, Sasha asked if that's how it was with Abraham, just sex and data dumps, and she goes no. Abraham saw that I was tough enough to handle myself, and I was attracted to he that. He respected her. Yeah, he respected her, and, and I and I liked that. Um, and I fell in with him and never looked back until it was over. Mm-hmm. And she confessed that she thought she hated Sasha, but what she really hated was the fact that Abraham discovered how to be happy in Alexandria before she did. Yeah. Um. And all in all, good good girl talk. Uh. But Rosita's definitely going to die. Because this so? is ten times more than we knew about her. What if they're actually developing her into a solid character? That would be pretty sweet. But could you forgive the the suicide mission that she's been on for the last half season? <sighs> the whole problem with the suicide mission is that 
it is a larger, more desperate version of what she already tried, which already got people killed and Eugene taken captive. Right. I mean, I'm including like all of the trying to kill Negan with the single bullet stuff. So like, like I, I don't, that's the, the thing. The singular focus on killing Negan to the detriment of everyone right, else. Right, right. Um, I mean, I, I don't know because like to me, I just instinctively don't like those types of characters. Like there, yeah. and there's, and fiction is replete with them. Like G- Game of Thrones certainly has hot-headed brainless idiots that are more than willing to jam their thumb into machinery of state and 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 military and and you mm-hmm. know they usually get their just desserts yeah like you know an episode two later they're getting torn apart by dire wolves or something and you're like ha well there you go you dumb asshole you <laughs> fucked around where you shouldn't you got your dick ripped off uh-huh walking dead seems to almost celebrate their characters um lack of planning and long-term thinking and again, maybe it is a, maybe it is um, a study of people that are just crippled with traumatic stress and uh, you know combat fatigue and all kinds right. of mental illness. I don't know how interesting that show is though, because it's yeah. So, I, for hmm. me, because I most of the time I like fiction. I like imagining. I like putting myself into heroes' position. Sure. And to the extent that I feel like I'm a clever man, when they turn out to be clever men and women, I'm like, ah, oh, identify with you. Oh. Or, right. oh, wow, you even thought of an angle that I couldn't even think of. But right. for them to just go pell-mell into this foolish thing and for no one to even acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Or for someone to acknowledge it and it's just like, well, I'm still doing it anyway and you can't change my mind. And for the other characters to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, good talk. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I yeah, feel like I, I can't identify with them. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think she's probably redeemable at some point. Like, if mm-hmm. they kept her around and they wanted to try and develop her a little bit more, I think she could be redeemed um, right even though i totally disagree with her mission right now mm-hmm. uh and i don't know i feel like sasha's in at the end of this episode is in a lot more danger than rosita is oh sure in. yeah well we're gonna talk about that although here. there's an ominous figure lurking about with rosita so who knows but <laughs> a figure eh? yeah I'm not going to we'll hazard about a it. guess to his identity. We'll talk about it at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, they resolve the conversation both being pissed that abraham didn't have a chance to die uh, on his own terms, fighting for some point that Negan stole that from him, and they both pledged to have each other's back. To go out with a point to going out. Yep. That's what Sasha says, and yet and, tr- and, another manufactured turn of phrase. And here's the other thing. Um, this is going to seem like bullshit here in about five minutes, this whole having each other's back and the whole, like, mm-hmm. we're doing this because we're trying to avenge the man we love, like, you know, and, and we really understand each other, and there's this, like, bond of sisterhood. Like, it's just all going to be fucking tale of two city by the end of here. Um, uh, they then see Dr. Carson arrive through their sniper scope. Negan comes out to inspect the merchandise, but Sasha doesn't have a clean shot. First, it's Eugene's giant mullet, then it's the doctor himself, <laughs> and, like, all these people. It's almost like... Uh, like 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 the goddamn uh, untouchable sequence where it's like you know they're trying to nab Al Capone's accountant and there's a fucking baby falling down the stairs and there's a pregnant mother that's getting in the line of sh- like and what's Andy Garcia gonna do oh no uh-huh. um so they don't get the shot and literally. The first half of the first day they stake out the place, they don't get the shot. So it's like, you know what? Time to go in, guns blazing. Yep. They just heard on the radio that Negan's going to spend the rest of the night in his bedroom, so we're going to have to wait a whole... Time to go in, guns blazing. I mean, patience is not the hallmark of this group. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like, we completely missed the debate that, that 
apparently Sasha won because they had a difference of opinion. Sasha wanted a sniper. Yeah. Rosita wanted to go in, guns blazing. Sasha's like, maybe you'll think about it. And Rosita flips her off and says, take that. And then there is no more dialogue, even though there's copious amounts of time that they could have had the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they're doing the sniper tower approach. I guess, yeah, Sasha... Like that sank in eventually for Rosita. I mean, it's it, it would be it'd take thirty seconds of dialogue mm-hmm. to be like, you know, I figure we have a day before the hilltop figures out that we're gone, and if and, and they're going to come out here and try to stop us, or they might get themselves killed. So mm-hmm. we have to make the like like give some sense of goddamn urgency. Yeah. And I can do that. I can make shit up, but I would like for the show to establish that these characters are thinking about this shit. Yeah, I did have to make a lot of assumptions here. A lot of assumptions. Um, especially, like, one in this scene and one later when Sasha changes the plan yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pretty big assumption, too. Uh, Dr. Eugene, the chief engineer of the Savior Complex, the Sanctuary... Uh, also known as Negan. He has inexplicably become second in command of this complex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an awful lot of trust, I guess, placed in a guy you just met. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've already gone over this. Like, you know, maybe uh, Negan's the type that eats fucking puffer fish by mm-hmm. the crate load, hoping <laughs> to die. Right. It, 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 it tastes sweet because he knows each bite might be his last. But come on. And and the fact yeah. that no – and like this, this super macho asshole fucking pit full of – Dick bags and and vaginal canals and shitty haircuts is just going to accept him? Like there's no there's no internal politics that he's got to. Oh yeah, well he just says like, do you know what number I am? And they all shut down. I guess like I, it, yeah, they all just bow. Yeah, anyway. yeah, but I, I mean they're. So what do you think is going on with Eugene here? Now that we've seen, I guess the other side of this. Well, they want me to think that he's a bad guy, which makes they me do. think that he's still not a bad guy. Okay, so you're and, and also you're not buying it. Also, what the fuck are you trying to do tricking? Well, I mean, I guess they're not trying to trick me. They're trying to show how uh, like Sasha and Rosita could understandably see and hear these things and not realize he's working an angle, even though Rosita and says as much oh he's working some angle uh-huh. so uh, you know if i'm charitable and say they both make it out of here alive they're going to go back into alexander and say eugene's a turned guy and that's going to set up some kind of further tragedy down the line certainly could like yeah. R- eugene gets his fucking mullet blown off i, I don't know i mean that the possibility is still there and it's one that i'm leaning into uh maybe to be a contrarian here but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going for it uh i think eugene is just feeling needed Eugene is feeling desired, and I think that's a new thing for him. And that's what I—it's I, exciting. I, didn't we kind of come across or come come away with that episode thinking it would actually be a more interesting thing for them to do to have Eugene go evil? I—I I, I think it's an interesting perspective to have someone who sees it and goes, you know, this is not all bad. You know, even if even if we as the audience are like, no, this is totally bad. Right. Totally bad, Eugene, but Eugene doesn't see it that way. Or it could be like Data being seduced by the Borg Queen. He thought about it right. for 0.23 seconds, which is an eternity. Like, you know. Yeah, maybe he is genuine and maybe he will also come back around. Right. Yeah. He's always wanted to be called Chief Engineer ever mm-hmm. since he watched Star Trek. And he's just gonna da- he's gonna dabble in it for three or four days, which is a lifetime for a fucking nerd. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Gregory talks with Jesus. 
uh, and, and not through prayer, but in flesh and blood. And he, he dictates to Jesus his new work assignments and rooming arrangements. Jesus correctly sees through this as a panicked attempt by Gregory to try to split up and separate the people that may oppose him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gregory threatens him with the saviors. Like, I wouldn't cross me if there's so many saviors. And Jesus is like, are you threatening me? And Gregory goes, dude, no, I'm not. And it's precious. Like, Gregory thinks he has any kind of support in this town. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like maybe he has uh, a goon or two, but they've made it clear with their storytelling that all of the hilltop pretty much is united behind Maggie and this new, you know, the Maggie Jesus 2016 party, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, the scary thing for Jesus here is that all of the saviors are united behind Gregory. So if you don't have the might to fight them right now and you try and go against Gregory, you're essentially moving against the saviors mm-hmm. as well. Well, but Gregory's a fool because he deployed that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that that was immediately obvious to Jesus. Sure. Yeah. So he maybe gave away a little too too much information, but I think, I, mean, I don't think they can just take over this town. Really? Yeah. I just think that they show consistently portrayed Gregory as an idiot. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that he can outthink or fight Maggie, Rick, any of them. I agree, but can the saviors? Like, the saviors show back up, and it's like, ah, Gregory's dead, Maggie's in charge now. Maggie can't just stand up to them and say, nope, we're not giving you anything. And, oh, by the way, Daryl's here, and go fuck yourself. We're not going to give you him either. But I mean, they, what I'm saying is like they they're all the they're all conspi- There's this giant conspiracy to take down the saviors now. Yeah, yeah. Does Gregory realize that it's that's happening? a good question? I mean, he I sees his men, so. he sees his men and women being trained in combat. Here's the thing: Gregory doesn't remember the names of the fucking people in his town. I, he does. There's no way. Play. Maybe so, but okay. I I don't see this guy having any insight into what's actually happening. All he does is sit in his fucking office and drink his whiskey and look out the window once in a while, <laughs> breathe gin fumes, right, and panicked p- f- flop sweat around his office as he sees his like. Maggie doesn't even know about some of this plan, right? Yeah. And she's, like, in the thick of it so right. and respected by everyone in the community. So like, if Gregory knew anything that was happening in this town, I would be shocked. Okay. Because it just seems like Gregory's got, again, there's no sense of urgency. Because if I'm Gregory, I would know that, like, if I don't act yeah. in the next few days, I am going to lose the ability to act forever. I don't know why when Simon's... I guess Simon's on a mission and he's not going to get derailed. He's bringing back that fucking doctor right now. Mm-hmm. But, like, Gregory makes all this this implication, right? That, oh, mm-hmm. something bad may happen here at some point in the future. He doesn't seem all that concerned about it. You're right. He he should have said, hey, Simon, there's a storm a-brewing. Right. Right here, right now. You need to deal with it. Right. Like, I don't need to come to your gate and knock on the door and say, I'm... Barnaby Jones. So what I is what to... is staying Gregory's hand? Like if he if if like such a huge part of the hilltop yeah. is turning against him, does he? I think he. I think he fears that if he lets on the, how big the conspiracy is, that the saviors might just execute him because he's incompetent. You think so? Yeah. Because yeah, what are their just what is their choice? Slash Keep Gregory and, and kill ninety percent of the hill, mm-hmm. or kill Gregory as an example. Take the least objectionable guy from the hill and then make them the leader and uh, you yeah. know, try to break it that way. Yeah, that could happen, um, sure. I don't know. It, it, since, since we're talking about logical plot holes with the saviors, why doesn't Negan garrison these places? 
Mm. Yeah, he should. Like, you're going to provide us half, and also, to make sure there's no funny business, I'm going to leave behind six of my goons, and they're going to, you're going to put them up yeah. and feed them. Like, is Negan so worried that they're going to rape and pillage and turn the guys? But, like, that's what you do. If you have a bunch of fractious, unruly people, like, the, the fucking Romans had this figured out. You mm. fucking roll in there and put up a garrison. Right. Yeah, he totally should. Or it, it if you don't like want to do that, set up six or seven or how you got a million guys that have established. Yeah. Have like a, a loose perimeter, like a half mile outside and just observe as they're coming and going. Mm-hmm. Like it's just they really make Negan out to be a fucking moron in the show. <laughs> yeah, tactically, certainly. Uh, so Gregory pours himself a shot of a new bottle from a new bottle of tequila he's procured for Simon next time. And he throws Jesus out of his office where Daryl comes up and says, Sasha and Razid are gone. Uh, Eugene is explaining some new security measures to some head security goon. And he, well, I mean, Daryl also conspicuously asks, like, where the hell do they go? Right. Asks Jesus, right? So right. implying that he's going after them, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about shortly. <laughs> I saw I saw three sets of footprints in the direction they went and then one. Did you carry them, Jesus? <laughs> Tell me straight out. Did you carry them? The things got tough, and you fucking no, carried them, didn't you? I swear you? I didn't. They just followed in my footsteps. <laughs> yeah. That's what uh, so Eugene is explaining this is a security measure to these this goon because he's not happy with the uh, – there's too much security theater, too much optics, mm. and not enough real security going on. Uh, and to prove his point, Rosita and Sasha come in, pop, pop, kill the goon. Uh-huh. Shocking Eugene. Uh, he refuses to leave with them. Uh, Rosita says that he's a cowardly dick. Uh, Eugene runs off. Rosita then cuts a hole through the fence. Sasha says, hey, it's going to take me a while to squeeze through with all my gear. You guard my back. Because we just talked about watching back, sister. And she sneaks through the gate and then locks it behind Rosita and takes the fence cutters and all the shit on the other side. So now Rosita is impotently enraged that Sasha has double-crossed her as Sasha's talking a mess about... This works out for everybody. It just has to mean something. Well, I agree with her because, I mean, so if so, if one of them dies, right? Mm-hmm. The the hilltop still has someone to make the trinkets, but if they both die, who's going to make the necklaces and or baby <laughs> friendship bracelets? Uh, That's I, the real I question. Guess. Because here's the thing, Rosita, they've established in this season, because they had to, that <laughs> she is kind of like this Jill of all trades. She can right. fuse bombs, she can fix a motor, she can, yeah. you know, do whatever. She can f- fail to shoot a guy in the face from 10 feet. Um, <laughs> See, I thought she was going to take a shot from up here and it was right. going to hit the bat again <laughs> from the sniper <laughs> point. Fucking Lucille, MVP. Yeah. Uh, but... Sasha is the sh- group's best shot by far. They've established that for many seasons. Yep. That's not nothing. Right. So I just thought it was so weird. It's almost like Sasha was saying, I stole your man, and then the man promptly died. That must mean something. Like, you get to have a second act, and, mm-hmm. and I don't. Like, you still have something. You have a happiness to figure out, and I had my happiness and lost it, so I guess I'm more expendable. But they didn't. Again, these are just things I'm picking from the multiple possibilities that are going through her head. What she actually yeah. says is this will, you know, essentially this this will just this this means something. This will it's not your time. And uh 
She runs off, leaving a furious Rosita to ponder what's going on as gunshots start to run out. Because it seems like Sasha immediately is set upon. Like, there's machine yeah, yeah. gun, automatic weapons fire echoing in the distance. Like, seconds within her being uh, in, inside the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosita then runs away, and she's confronted with the crossbow-wielding dude with grimy hair that they desperately want us to think is Daryl, but is quite He's, clearly fucking Dwight. It is. He's not standing anything like Daryl stands. No. He's not built like Daryl. No. And you can see his face. Like, you might have to pause it. But you, you see can... his face? It's fucking Dwight, man. <laughs> well, I agree with you there, yeah. It's super Dwight. And not, totally. like, super Dwight, like, with an S on his chest. Like, he's just super being Dwight right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's the episode. So, I there's an assumption. There's a big assumption. This is the other big one that I needed to make this episode, which is I assume... That Sasha goes after, g- g- runs into this building here. Instead of them both just retreating mm-hmm. and being done with it, I assume that they think Eugene is completely loyal to Negan and will tell Negan what happened. Yes. But I, I feel like that's a pretty big assumption that they maybe should have spelled out a little better. I mean, I don't know. Like, Rosita does shout some epitaphs about, uh, about you know, that that he's a traitor or some, something or other uh-huh. at him. So yeah, I, liar I think, or whatever. Yeah, I, I think they did do that. Um, I just don't know. To me, it seems like what they're going to go for is some tragic misunderstanding, like that Eugene has been doing, right, okay. like, like, doing a whole... I mean, it's quite possible that Eugene is setting up these new security procedures, but is actually fucking them all up on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like like covering the walkers in molten aluminum or whatever lead is like step one of his, his plan uh, to, to essentially degrade Negan's defenses. And Negan's too stupid to realize it because he's like, oh, I can finally offload a bunch of shit to this idiot with the the mullet so mm-hmm. I can just go and nail my wives 24-7 and not concern myself he with anything. He was in the boudoir, yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be. F- I just wonder how Sasha's going to like hit a sniper target when you got you know we, we talked about Negan being on hydraulics. <laughs> right. Like he goes up to the doctor and he's in the full like, hey, I can't believe I got another Carson guy, and it's like that. The heads is ducking and weaving and like bouncing. <laughs> like trying her. to hit Muhammad Ali. Yeah, it's, it's like not gonna it's, happen. it's like hitting the, trying to hit a bobblehead on a vibrator. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I don't care how good of a shot you are. You're not. Yeah, yeah. You can you can you can account for windage and and elevation. Yeah, you're either gonna hit the bat or miss him. Yeah, one of the two. It's like the 18th hole in a putt putt course. (laughs) Yeah, you can get a hole in one and get a free round, but you're not fucking gonna. Right. You're not fucking gonna. So that's the episode. So neither of us think that Sasha's making it out of here, right? I have a spoiler. I have. I have been prophesying in the spoiler section low this season. About what's going and season and okay. a half of what's going to happen, and yay, it has come to pass. I just can't I, I see think. anybody getting out of this complex. Yeah, without like, but I, yeah, like that, I said, I, I have, yeah. I have, I'm pretty sure what's going to go down. I can't talk about it until we get to the spoiler section. It would have been pretty hilarious if she ran in there. You hear some gunfire, and then she comes running out. Nope, nope, yeah, nope. Yeah. Cut the gate. <laughs> cut yeah. the gate. No matter what I say, Rosita, do not let me out of this gate. <laughs> right. Let me out. Let me out, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Let me out. It's totally young Frankenstein's here. Hey, everybody. It's time to pay some bills before we get to the feedback. Uh, primarily, we do that through our club. It's a way that listeners can directly support us by going to club.baldmove.com. And we've got a new feature in the new year. You can get a free trial, free 30-day trial by signing up. And if you don't like it, uh, you can cancel at any time and still get the free month. And uh, you can... 
download all of our premium content, hoard it up like Scrooge McDuck, swim through those bits. We can't stop you. We've 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 given away the keys to the kingdom. We're not going to garrison. We're not going to do 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 anything like that. We're just going to leave ourselves wide open to be taken advantage of. And there's a lot of great premium content. Number one, no more ads. Ads are gone. Uh, number two, we've got the Lunch with Jim and Aaron Variety Hour Extravaganza. We got spoiler filled uh, movie reviews coming up, and we got a, a, a couple choice ones coming up. There's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ghost in the Shell, Fate of the Furious. Uh, if you want to get spoiler filled uh, talk about that, you have to be a club member. Um, what am I missing? There's like tons of like, quips are gonna. There's gonna be a first mm-hmm. Wednesday of April is gonna be a new quip dropping. Uh, video game playthroughs, all kinds of bonus premium content. Uh, and you support independent podcasting that you presumably love uh, by going to club.baldmove.com. Uh, check it out. All right, let's get into feedback. Uh, it's going to be an abbreviated one this time. We got uh, not a ton of stuff, but a lot of stuff from last week, and I didn't want to go over too much. Um, we start oh, off Last with, week was a fun one, though. Well, yeah, it was all like, um, I could talk last boy, week. you guys really hate the show or something, because a lot of people didn't dislike it as much. Oh. I guess. So. Yeah, it, it, but it's been a good long while since we got the classic why do you guys even watch the show if you're going to type of email. Sure. Like it's been it's been like a like a half good half three quarters of a season since we got an email like that. Well, we got We're a due. lot of them this that last week so. We do. Yeah. Well, I I will let you know I read all of them, <laughs> and it made me feel appropriately bad. Is that what you wanted to happen, people? Uh, I don't feel bad. Because right. like I said, I had, I had the, I've had the most fun with Walking Dead these previous two weeks I, I've had in a long time. All right. Felt good. Let's start off with Keith S. He does have some stuff about last week uh, for us to consider that we apparently didn't. Um, so he says, I was kind of surprised you guys didn't mention a piece of imagery that I was kind of proud to see in this shit show of a season. When Carol was in the tree killing walkers with a road sign, it just so happened to be a one-way sign. Mm-hmm. This foreshadowing the fact that by the end of this episode, everyone, namely Morgan and Carol, see that there is only one way. Fight the saviors. Perhaps we were all blinded by the tiger girl beating us over the head with the garden metaphor. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I guess I'm that's almost worth possi- considering. I thought we did say something about the street sign and its significance. Uh, I-, I get the live watch and the... The podcast mist, mixed up sometimes, so I just I'm feel like sure. it's, it's one of those things where you know there's there's tons of symbolism and things they were trying to do this episode that and that I thought that they thought was super super fucking clever. I just wasn't having it, and I I feel like maybe sometimes we forget to talk about some really basic stuff, or or we gloss over it because it is so basic. Right? Because a lot of people were writing in, letting me know that they were shocked that we missed the we missed a basic plot point like why they brought one cantaloupe back. I'm like, I didn't miss that at all. Wait a second. And then, then, Maybe I didn't talk about it because it was so fucking obvious, but... No, no, we did talk about it. And I thought we I talked said, about like, it, but I said, like, the ridiculous imagery of them rigging up a single basket so they can convey this one fucking right. cantaloupe to the thing. Right, this is why I did not include uh, the feedback, because I thought, I thought we addressed it, but... Okay, uh, Kristen says... But is, and also, is, is that what you guys want from us? To talk about the most basic of plot points, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I figured if we had missed it, we probably. I thought I thought we just got in here it and, because and it was so I, obvious. I thought the thing is we just got in here and took the piss and like you know, yeah. Uh, I mean that's what this podcast is for now, right? I mean our audience is with us on that, aren't they? I thought so. I thought you guys, so. 
You're with us, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's nobody's sitting down thinking, oh, man, this is the week where The Walking Dead makes the comeback anymore. Because that, that was like a se- two seasons ago. Like at yeah. this point, it would have to be multiple consecutive, like sit up and take notice. Wow, they didn't fuck up a single thing. And, yeah. and like, oh, my, they actually pulled some threads together from like last season. And like it would take that before I would engage with the show on that level again. Right. Because... I got just cranky and and dickish when I was trying to treat it like it's still a great serious drama. Yeah, I've said long ago that I I've checked out watching this as a serious drama. I'm yeah. just ha- I'm just here for the lulls now. Yes, essentially. Yes. I mean, when the show does it has a good scene or makes me feel something, I'll 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 talk about it. Right. Because it does. As we did this week you know? or last week, you know, Eugene and or Eugene and Rick, uh, Rick and Michonne. Some of that stuff was really good. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But uh, the fucking cantaloupes, man. <laughs> You, Virginia's got a million of them. They're given twelve. I mean, that's the th- like seriously, seriously. You're 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 focusing on the fact that we missed the one cantaloupe point when the whole point is how fucking ridiculous it is that the kingdom's entire tribute is twelve cantaloupes. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, all right. Kristen says saw this in an EW article and thought of you guys. Uh, this is a quote from the article. It says, as fans eagerly await for what is hopefully a more celebratory finale than last season's bloodbath cliffhanger, Gimple is already hard at work on the season 8 premiere, which will be the show's milestone 100th episode. Having hit that many episodes may suggest that The Walking Dead is nearing the end, yet Gimple noted it's more about setting up the next 100 episodes. Wow, are you feeling the goosebumps just anticipating the great (laughs) storytelling that 100 more episodes would contain with Gimple at the wheel? Yeah, me too. They're just... By setting up, does he mean flipping the table over so they can deal with the loss of Andrew Lincoln? I think and, so, yeah. Uh, and, and Norman Reedus, is he talking about the clandestine operation to get damning, personally damaging material on these men to keep them under some sort of <laughs> right. slavery to AMC? Like, uh-huh. Because there is no, there's no fucking way there's going to be 100 more episodes of Andrew Lincoln. Definitely not, yeah. And... The goal, and here again, this is why adapting a work is much different than, you know, making a comic book because you don't have to think about this stuff in the terms of comic book. Right. Like they always, they they probably they always should have had some kind of plan for this thing to end, mm-hmm. or it, it'll yeah. just like like we know what happens to television shows that are allowed to go on on and on and on. They all fall apart and get canceled. They do. Yeah, it's inevitable unless you're. I guess The Simpsons, but even then, it's An- animated. animation. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So you don't have to worry about characters getting tired of it. You just bring in the new voice, right? And you, you know? know they got film of Hank Azaria blowing goats or something. Like there's like you <laughs> right. know because because even tw- twenty seasons of that is 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 a big ask. Yeah. All right, let's move on. James P says great shows are like amazing sandwiches. Everything blends together, and you get a little bit of each ingredient in each bite. In great shows, there's a single continuous storyline, and you'll see the main characters in most every episode. This show is like a bad pack of Starbursts, one bite at a time of one flavor you don't like. This week was your Hilltop week. Last week was your Kingdom week. Two weeks ago was your Savior's Compound week. Next week is your whatever week. I'm tired of a show where it feels like I'm watching vaguely connected episodes that don't deliver and keep having stupid fucking cliffhangers. Ugh, I'm tired of, my voice is tired of it too. Uh, like Crazy Sasha running into the compound and maybe Dwight seeing Rosita. Mr. Maybe Dwight. 
Uh, put Simon in any scene, though, and I'll watch it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I largely agree. Um, you know, it's something we've talked about Game of Thrones doing so well. These these other shows with big ensemble casts like this, mixing and matching and, and creating this really rich tapestry of a show where this show kind of doesn't want to do that. Yep, got to keep the balls in the in the air and the plate spinning. Mm-hmm. You can't just do afford to be a one ball a week or a one plate a week show. Not and long I feel, term. I feel like that also keeps you telling the most important important parts of a story because each week yes. we only have five minutes with these characters. We right. need to get the most important thing done. Right. Whereas this show, a lot of the time, will do like the fourth and third and second and first most important things. Right. Because because they have the time. Yeah. They've got six more episodes than a proper season should, of prestige drama should have at this point right. in television history. Right. Uh, and and they're not going to waste it, goddammit. We're going to squeeze every dollar out of it. I think it's funny, though, because one, one of the front posts on the Walking Dead subreddit was, if this show had 24 episodes a season like a conventional television, like old school television show, would it make it better or worse? Worse! I Absolutely can't believe there's worse. people with a straight fucking face arguing that would make it better. How... What was the justification? Or, or I guess, what was the proposed reasons that it would be better it's, it's with more episodes? It's something about the fact that since they already had so much padding built in, that, like, extraneous or egregious padding wouldn't, and they'd have time to tell the stories they need. But I, I just fundamentally disagree. Mm, like, yeah. I think there are, in every half season, for, like, the last three seasons, three whole episodes out of the eight that you could just throw away. Yeah. Like, not entire episodes, but episodes worth of content that you could yeah. have strung together into, you know, a solid 10-episode season. But this, trying to do 16, like, even 13's too many. Mm-hmm. But that's, they're, 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 doing, they're doing 16, damn it. I guess so. From here till the show's over. They've they're, uh, they're, they're got 10 episodes worth of budget and talent, <laughs> and they're, they're doing 16 episodes every year. Mercedes says, so I have some thoughts on Daryl and Rosita that's been rolling around my head for the last several weeks. I don't understand why week after week you expound on the stupidity of Rosita's outlook and actions, yet you almost never mention what a colossal fuck-up Daryl is. He's he directly caused Glenn's death. Can I can I do a can I can I do a gladiator style? Are you not entertained? Because I felt like I, <laughs> okay. I, I gave a pretty good talk about how what a colossal fuck up Daryl was this episode. Okay, yeah, I think so. Uh, then he indirectly caused Negan to steal the Hilltop Doctor. Then almost get, got them both killed, um, and likely most of the Hilltop when he was going to knife the Savior in the in the shed. Indeed, uh, in the cellar. Why does Daryl get all these passes when all Rosita has done is get Eugene a ticket to live in the lap of luxury? <laughs> Let's not forget Olivia. I think she would have something to say were she not shot in the head. It's just, you know, first of all, I guess I'm not one to give Daryl a pass, number one. Uh, number two, when I, 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 I got up Daryl's ass for the same reason I got Rosita, like literally last season, you led to the death of a major beloved character with your acting out bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to do it again out of a mis out of a misguided sense of guilt. Like, Oh, like all these yeah. savers got to die because, but, and then the other thing is, is like, I felt like the whole holding Daryl hostage and torture him subplot muddied the water because like you can be legitimately, enraged by being a captive and being mm-hmm. enslaved and tortured that you would reflexively kill any of these people 
it muddies the whole I'm feeling guilty over Glenn water. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the whole, layer, the, the whole the whole taking Daryl hostage was is wrongheaded, and it's a whole bunch of Kirkman remixing, and it's hmm. it's nothing but a dilution of the interesting thing that they're trying to tell, which is the war against Negan. Got him an ep- an extra episode and, and, and a half, and, though. And, and Rick's Rick's worldview and and the Alexandrian's worldview versus Negan's worldview. That's the mm-hmm. interesting part, and. Yeah. You know, doing an intense close-up of Negan's torturing of Glenn, of, of Daryl and uh, 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 Eugene is is not the interesting part of that, right? And I actually feel like we haven't seen enough of Maggie's plan. You know, like Maggie, we understand that she's she's working on something right. big, but like, what form is that going to take? Are you planning yeah. on taking over the hilltop and remaking it in your? in your image like right. what does that look like and what I, are they, I wish we knew more about how it. are they planning on going against the saviors that have all these guns with throwing knives and spears mm-hmm. yeah i i don't know i feel like they're just preparing for whatever may come uh-huh. um clearly they're preparing for war i mean right uh or or at least to defend themselves if the saviors come calling. But. I just noticed like someone's not never paid attention to history class because uh we have the conquest of the Americas. We have the you know just rent the movie Zulu. Like there's we the, the the verdict's out. Guns versus spears and arrows and shit lose every yeah. fucking time. Play si- play a game of civilization. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Once Gandhi gets his hands on the automatic weapons, it's all over. If you're just uh, st- still a bow and arrow, yeah, your your political victory is probably not going to do much. Your your religious victory <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. probably not going to save you from the the scientific nuclear victory. <laughs> yep. Uh, Nathan E says, "I have two points of praise and two things I dislike in this episode." One, I like that Daryl and Maggie finally had a scene talking about Glenn. I remember people complaining that they felt like the scene was missing from the mid-season finale, so it was good that they finally worked it in there somewhere. Number two, we already knew Gregory was a scumbag, but this is the first time where it feels like he has leverage over the group. Now that he can report directly to Simon, I'm genuinely curious how this will change the dynamic of the hilltop. He's so confident in himself that he'll threaten Jesus even with the saviors uh, not around. And That's... how is that going to work? Like, Gregory is just going to take off? Hey, guys, I'm going out for yeah, a long yeah. walk. Don't follow me. Don't need an escort. See ya. Uh, like, the yeah, jig, it, it's so weird. Maybe he's going to go out the, the wood box. Like, even the way he wrote stuff down on a paper, it's like, it's like that's like, here, call me. You know, that's He has like, a secret hatch to the outside of the wall under his bar. I he mean, lifts the top up. Like I would even believe if they had like a long range walkie talkie or CB radio, and that like if if uh, oh yeah yeah Simon gave him one of those deals, like hey here's <laughs> the thing, turn it to channel nineteen and holler if you need help. We'll be here within blah. Yeah, which is another reason why you might garrison these fucking places because if you're offering protection, what the hell? Yeah, how do you respond to a threat in a timely enough manner? Right to protect them from right. Them? We are being attacked by people. Send send a man on horseback. Three days later, he'll come with help. Right. But that's that's not going to work. Too little, too late. No, no. Uh, here's the things he didn't like. He says, number three, I didn't really care for the Sasha and Rosita storyline. I'll give the cliffhanger a pass since we aren't at the finale yet, but did we really need 10 minutes of exposition on how to tie a knot and multiple attempts to find a car that works? I was growing impatient waiting for something to actually happen. Uh, yeah, I kind of... 
I kind of think that about the car stuff. Um, I think the not stuff was a little bit better, but uh, num- it felt like there's a beat or two missing from them turning the corner into being friends too. Like they were just really mm, yeah. terrible to eat. Well, mostly Rosita was terrible to Sasha, and Sasha yeah. was steadfastly, you know, trying to always be conciliatory and trying to engage and forcing her to come to the table. But it felt like there was a scene or two missing from. You know, they needed something to bond over. Maybe we're supposed to understand that their successful raid on the car, stealing the car, brought them together as a team. But they were still, like, Rosita was, like, you know, refusing to teach her how to do knots and trying to dismiss her. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you teach a woman to die knots and that binds you, your friendship together. It's a spell. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, number four, the saviors couldn't find two people hiding behind a shelf in a dark room, so I find it almost comedic that Rick had to tear up floorboards to make sure there were no guns left hiding in Alexandria. Yeah, they're not checking very thoroughly uh, for Daryl here. Mm-hmm. Or for the doctor, I guess, is what they're there for, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. Why would the doctor be in the cellar? Don't they already know the doctor's in the doctor's office? I. It's not clear to me exactly... It would have, I mean, this would have all been cleared up. This was a particularly badly written episode from this, the, from a plot standpoint. But it, it cleared things up if they had just a scene where Simon says, point me to the doc. Because I think they wanted us to think at that point in the episode that, oh, my God, he's here for Daryl. Right, even of course, though, yeah. Even though we we knew from previous episodes that they'd shown us that he'd kill the doctor and he's got a backup plan mm-hmm. for it. And we'd all figured out that it was going to be the Hilltop Doctor. Yeah, they wanted us to think that Gregory thought that they were looking for Daryl. Right. Which but, he did. But then having the guy go through the root cellar, like yeah. like if Simon had said, and oh, why we're getting doctor, you know that statue of limitations thing I said, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually showed in, like, in the previously on, how about uh, I send some of these 30 goons out to shake down, just to make sure he's not, I trust you, but just to make sure he's not here. Mm-hmm. Then that would have all made sense. Yeah. As it is, it's just like this guy got his, got, got a fucking you know, bird up his ass about Enid's veggies and decided to go investigate the root cellar for whatever reason. Yeah, it was poorly staged, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dan from Vienna, Austria says, kudos to Sasha and Rosita for coming up with possibly the worst assassination attempt ever. So firstly, not only do they spend what seems like a whole freaking day in that vantage point talking, sharing, and funnily enough, not looking for their target Negan, but when they can't get a shot and eventually go headfirst for the compound, they tell Eugene they're breaking him out. Really? Really? They've seen the saviors and how brutal they are. What on earth are they thinking? The group already have to hide Daryl and uh, Meg. I think he means Maggie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll eventually have to hide so many of these characters during the savior visits, it'll end up turning into a very risky game of sardines. Yeah. <laughs> Just shoving people into the cellar, shoulder to shoulder? I guess. Look at it from Negan's point. He's found more of his guys dead. His new head engineer is missing. And Sasha, who he has already met with the Alexandrians, running through his compound, taking out his people. I would call it a stupid plan, but in all honesty, I find it extremely offensive to even call it that. It is quite literally mindless. No thought has been put into this plan at all. None. Yeah, it's like, fuck Negan, and he's got to die no matter what the cost is to anything that we're trying to build larger. But but and, this and, is another shockingly thing is, stupid because they've tried this mm-hmm. and it failed know, and they saw the dude, consequence I, of a dude, failed I mission. Know. I know. If they fail again. And the only thing that's changed is Rick has had a good amount of success finding people and guns to do that. Yeah. And he's actually yeah. gone around and got all the communities united. 
Right. But like, fuck Rick, he's not moving. It's, like, it's almost like they're a weird political faction and they're afraid that President Rick is going to have a successful policy and we can't have that. <laughs> right. So let's fucking undercut him. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. F- fuck this plan up so it can't possibly succeed. It's so weird. It is. Like, it's it is. very political. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. <laughs> All right. Aaron from Virginia says, I like the scene okay with Sasha and Rosita, but it was really weird for me because these two women know each other and have known each other for a while. I don't know why the show insists on pushing the idea of everyone being family, but never draws on a shared history. Didn't Rosita kill a bunch of walkers in the woods with Sasha when Sasha was having a hard time adjusting to Alexandria? And she was there when Bob died, right? And when Maggie found Glenn and they traveled together from Georgia to Virginia together? I got the impression before the Abraham thing that these two would have gotten along pretty well, but their tension isn't being played like that. Friends torn apart by a guy who was later killed, but rather that Sasha and Rosita never met before Abraham. Mm-hmm. Female friendships are not this show's strong suit, but they do. But do they even have any female writers in the room, or have people even watched this show? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because this, this episode is actually written by Angela Kang, mm-hmm. who the last time I checked was a female. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, point taken. It's not that it's not that good. I mean, I I don't because I, I saw some articles written about um, The Walking Dead and, and it has a problem writing female roles, which mm. I think is somewhat true. Um, but I, I you know, as a guide, I don't have any special expertise about that. And the fact this is yeah. what written by written uh, written by a woman. I thought I also it makes me remember in season two, they had this plot where there's this whole abortion pill right. scandal. And like I'm, I think I said it's like there's you know if they had a woman writing some of this shit, this stuff wouldn't happen. Turns out that episode written by a woman. So right. Um, and you know also I found it was interesting because in the height of oh my god, The Walking Dead has a minority problem because they keep on introducing these thinly veiled or these thinly written stereotypical characters and instantly murdering them for some kind of emotional plot. Yeah. And uh, some of the, those episodes are written by uh, people that were minority. So it's like, I, Mm -hmm. man, I don't, I, 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 I'm not going to say, I I never assume malice when, when incompetence is right there on the table. Right. And it just seems like a lot of these people don't have a good grasp on how to do this kind of serialized television. Mm Hmm. All right, John says, I think it's very in character for Maggie to forgive Daryl, just like she forgave Tara for rolling up with the governor when Herschel died. Mm -hmm. Maggie has a lot of emotional maturity. In the past, you guys have been frustrated that every character goes through an angst arc after they lose someone they love, uh, where they become totally sullen and insufferable. Maggie seems to be the exception to this. She handles loss with resolve and keeps it together. It makes sense that Daryl, who is emotionally stunted, would be one of the ones who needs confronting or comforting in this scene. Because Maggie has a greater capacity to deal with emotion than he does. Her staying positive is also very much in the spirit of how Glenn lived, so it's a nice way to honor him. What do you think they what do you think of the way that they have shown Maggie's grief on this show? It's all honestly all over the map. Yeah. Because I, like they really I mean, like like when I, when you, you talk about Maggie's grief, you I, I immediately go back to how they handled the situation with Beth. Yeah. Terrible. Where Maggie had all but forgotten about Beth, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh shit, these people are related, and this would be devastating." Uh, Lauren, going to need you to just go for broke. Yeah, going to have to. I want to visibly see you fall apart, like your shoulder fall off and your head pop off, and like 
water shoot out of your eyes like an anime character. Like we need to see real anguish, Laura. And she did it. She she's she's a talented actor. She she nailed it. Um, yeah. But the show did nothing to help her with that heavy load that she was carrying. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they're doing a really good job of showing Maggie as the um, politician, but I can't help but think in an alternate universe where they didn't do this horse shit where Daryl got kidnapped and tortured, and they'd had this conversation like an episode or two after Glenn got his brains beat out and not like a fucking year later, Yeah, that would have been... Uh, had much more impact. It's like an undeniable. Yeah. Certainly. I agree, yeah. So... But I, I do think they course-corrected. Like, they saw the reaction to the best stuff, and they have kind of course-corrected with Maggie. Um, and she has become one of the, the stronger characters, and I think that's important if we want to buy her as a leader. She can't yeah, necessarily give in to all those impulses. This course-correct stuff is all well and good but you know gimple has has been running this show longer than anyone else he's had four seasons under his belt Mm -hmm. like i'm not inclined to give them much course correction slack well i mean where they course correct um for one character they also fail in a multitude of other ways Uh uh-huh uh you know it's not i'm not trying to say that the show has gotten light years better since the beth stuff i'm just Mm -hmm. you know with this one focus they've done pretty well okay i think Barry C. from the UK says, I remember a time in The Walking Dead when barely setting foot outside the prison would take a long time story-wise, and long journeys would risk hunger at the least. Now we have people quite freely moving back and forth between all locations, sometimes with cars, sometimes without, yet few people know where the Savior's base is, and everyone is quite new to each other. When Daryl leaves the kingdom for Hilltop, or Sasha leaves Hilltop for the Saviors, how much time or distances do you think there are between these locations? It feels they are all maybe a day's walk away, but if so, how come everyone has only just found each other? He's not trying to, like, criticize the show, but he's just trying to figure it out. I think that's a fair point, that you can't have... You can't have it both ways, where, like, you know, Rick and Alexandria and all these people did not know about all these things were literally down the street from them. Mm-hmm. And the trash people, for example, like, they're... Right you know, in the same kind of neighborhood and the savers don't know anything about them, even though, as we've mentioned, the trash heap would be a great place to scavenge in the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Maggie's number one resource was scrap metal. If I'm, if I would go to a local and say, where do you get scrap metal around here? They'd be like, you know what? There's this big, like almost city side fucking junkyard. Uh-huh. It just goes on and on and on like a giant shitty matte painting. I bet you could find scrap metal there. And then yep. people would go and find it, and they'd find the trash people, and first contact would be made. But that just doesn't happen. <laughs> they're they're on home territory. They're very skittish. The trash people. <laughs> they are until they're not, and they're, then they're masters of disguise. Yeah, <laughs> one of them just has a keyboard disguise, like mm-hmm. a six foot keyboard. Yeah, uh, like I would believe a handful of people could hide out in a junkyard and evade detection. Right. I wouldn't. I, but I wouldn't think that like a hundred of them that and they seem kind of pugilistic that they would avoid detection. I think they would, you know, waylay anybody that came to investigate. Yeah, like they tried to do with Rick essentially. Exactly. Uh, and finally, Layla says, um, going back to the Maggie thing briefly. She says, "Have you ever noticed that when Maggie loses the most important people in her life, the focus always seems to be on Daryl's grief? Would you agree that the show focuses too much on Daryl's man pain at Maggie's expense?" Furthermore, does it even serve him as a character? You said you have been less invested in his character over the past few seasons. 
Is his suffering over Beth, Denise, and Glenn getting too repetitive? In my view, the most interesting thing he has done lately is to lie to Carol because that was different, uh, unexpected, and had some interesting shades of gray about whether it was right or wrong. I mean, you know, we talked about the Maggie stuff. I think she certainly at times has had her grief glossed over, but also, you know, this idea of her being the leader and being um, kind of just supportive of the rest of the group. I do think they're making a point to not necessarily gloss over it, but Mm -hmm. not have it affect her as much as some other people. Yeah. Or that's part of what you do as a leader, you know, you right. I would just call it keeping her shit together. Yeah. Whereas you have to keep your shit together because everyone's counting on you to do it. Yeah. So I can see, you know, why maybe someone like Daryl, who has definitely not been keeping his shit together, Mm -mm. would be the focus. Um, I guess that's, that's the more easy thing to focus on. Or, but I, I also wonder, you know, to the extent that Daryl's not into comic books, uh, unless they actually are thinking of an arc for him to have, mm-hmm. there's not a lot there, and yep. uh, that must be challenging because you got this guy Norman Reedus who everybody loves and everybody wants to see, but you got nothing for him to do. Like he's really not instrumental to advancing the plot and hasn't been for seasons, right? Like, even the, you know, I feel like at the end of the day that when you finally see this whole, you know, arc, whatever they're going to do with Negan, that Daryl getting taken prisoner is probably going to feel like a pretty minor part of that. Oh, I would think so, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they they could surprise me, but uh, not counting on it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that Daryl seems to be ready to contribute is to fuck up the plan. Like... Kill uh kill one too many saviors, get a little too gung ho about mm-hmm. killing saviors and mm-hmm. and the jig will be up. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh and that's it for the feedback. We d- didn't really have much of a spoiler section this week. We had like one email, so I don't think we're gonna do one. I mean I like I said, I I wouldn't mind like crowing a little bit about my, my the, in the spoiler section. Crowing a little bit? Yeah, because like I said, I feel like that my my predict my predicted remix has has come to pass. Okay, maybe we'll we'll do a quick one. Why not? All right, sounds good. Uh, if you guys want to send feedback in for next week's show, you can do so at watchingdead@baldmove.com. Just send us an email. Uh, I will get it considered, if not included in the show. Uh, and I guess we'll be back after the music for the people who want spoilers, or back next week for the people who don't. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do you got? So as I said... The, in the comic books, some blonde woman named, I believe, Holly decides to go off half cock because she's tired of waiting for Rick's bullshit. You know, she, she's tired of Rick's bullshit. She, she crashes the Savior's gates. She's she's captured, and Negan mistakes her for Andrea, who's also blonde, right, with short hair, and assumes that he's got Rick's girlfriend and thinks he has like an A one chip on his hand. Mm-hmm. Um. And that miscalculation is one of the, you know, first reversals in their war. It seems pretty obvious that they're going for Sasha looks enough like Michonne that Negan would mistake the two. Yeah. And they're going to kind of execute a version of that plot. Yeah. Um, it it does. And I was trying 
you know, to kind of bring that up while not bringing it up during the main section. It's, it's because it's just a spoiler. Like, right, it's, right. it's ridiculous because if I had not read the comic books, I would assume that's what's going to. I I don't know. Would, would you jump to the? He's she's, he's gonna get she's the gonna get confused for Michelle. Really. Um, I, I probably wouldn't be thinking that as you know an, a watcher of the show because like I know the distinction between them very very much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's yeah contextually for for Negan, he probably doesn't. My question is that they've they've known this is coming for a hell of a long time. Mm-hmm. Are they are they so attached to Michonne's signature dreadlocks that they wouldn't? Because there's because there's a multitude of reasons like 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 it it would be a I, I mentioned this in a, a couple spoilers past. It seems like if they want to sell this, uh, they would just get rid of the dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. And like we said, deny naturally she has short, pretty close cropped hair. Yeah. Um, and that you would I guess I would start to believe like if you if 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 if, if I knew. As Scott Gimple, that I'm going to hatch a plan on Negan mistaking these women for each other, then I would try to take a stab at having them. And I thought they were going for that because, you know, Michonne started taking an interest in trying to learn how to snipe, which yeah, is yeah. a skill set that Sasha was doing. And like, oh, well, maybe she'll trade in her like leather vest for like a military jacket and. Maybe she'll cut her hair because of some crazy ass, you know, like like this is wartime reasons, and mm-hmm. I gotta maybe a zombie would grab her by the hair, and she'd like, right. hey, this is kind of a fucking liability, and they'd give a reason to kind of make them more closely resemble because it's going. To, I think it's yeah. going to be funny on the face of it, and and it could <laughs> it could be that they're going to swerve again and completely mm-hmm. remix it, and it's not going to happen. But it seems the way they staged it that Sasha's certainly going to get captured and they're just going to, with a straight face, say that Negan can't tell the difference between Sasha and I think you're right. That seems to be the way it's going. So that is going to be funny. That is going to be real funny. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that when it happens. Right. It's like, yeah. It's like mistaken, like, Dandy Newton for you know, Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, they're the, they're literally the same woman. Right. One of them's probably seven foot, and the other's probably five foot three. Or, or, uh, or, 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 mista- or like, mistaken, like, Liv Tyler for uh, Scarlett Johansson. They're okay. literally the same woman, you know? Uh-huh. Like, there's about as much commonality between Sasha and Michonne as those two. It's, like, it's, it's going yeah. to be like yeah. a... And the whole point of the comic is, like, Andrea and his Holly, they looked a lot alike. Yeah, no, it's blonde be women, blue eyes with short, close cropped hair. Yeah, I, you're right. They should have done something in the meantime, not to just bring their skill sets into line. Maggie but and Daryl look more alike. That's true. Yeah, that yeah, is. I'm not even true. joking. No, I, like, in, right. in, 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 you could mistake them in the dark because they got the exact yeah. same haircut. Maybe it's Maggie standing there with the crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> Did we consider yeah. that? No, like you know, he kidnaps Maggie and thinks he's got he thinks he's got uh, Rick's man crush. Right. I have your boyfriend, Rick. <laughs> got you again, Daryl. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, but, uh, that that's the thing that I feel is is going to, but it's just such a mess because I don't know where they're going with this Eugene. 
I I don't know I don't know how they're gonna and I maybe that's the value of it because like I seriously don't know how this is gonna happen. But mm-hmm. man, like I wish I was more like oh man, I see how this is going. It's gonna be so fucking good. Like that's a by far preferable experience to yeah. seeing an adapted work. Like oh, just a pleasure of seeing something you're familiar with executed at a high level as to like oh shit i don't know where they're going with this mm-hmm. but especially with the track record that yeah. we got here which is not great uh was there any like a spoiler email you want to consider or no uh yeah mike d has some thoughts about the pacing with uh, all that war um and the march to war he says i've been thinking a lot about the stated frustration with the pacing this half season and i keep coming back to this being fueled by knowledge of comic book spoilers and everyone rushing to get to the all-out war storyline I actually think the show pacing dovetails nicely with the comic books, and this is why. Hmm. March to War took five issues of the comic book. All Out War Part 1 and Part 2 also took five issues each. If we assume that five issues equals half a season, maybe that's a big assumption, I don't know. Uh, Then we're right on track for March to War to conclude this season and for All Out War to cover all of Season 8. Is a whole season too long? Not Not when you think about how much happens during the war, he says. Well, I've said that in my estimation, and of course they're always different because, you know, the passage of time is different, but it feels to me like an average comic book is about a commercial's break's worth of inf- stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, about 15 or 20 minutes of film because they're just not that long, and if they have any action in them at all, they they, they fly by, as, as the uh, All Out War arc did. And I think that's one of the reasons that they did two issues a month because it would just feel like it would proceed at a glacial pace if you had all these action, big panel action sequences, you know, and you you had like 30 seconds of plot per episode that see you next month. Right. Uh, Which is kind of, that's, that's how I feel like I'm watching the walking dead. Like, Oh my God, I literally spent an hour watching the show to see Rosita and Sasha launch a failed raid and Daryl and uh, Maggie hide out from the saviors. Like that's the things that happened in this episode. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Again, it's always going to be like my big, what if is like, what if the showrunners just told the story of the walking dead? And there again, like uh, what you said, his gentleman's name was Mike. Mike is positing that this is all driven by comic book knowledge but I'd like to point to you again to how many people actually read the comic books. Like this show, this the comics has a around the hundred thousand circulation. Right. So let's say right. that ten times that many then read the trade paperbacks or the collections or whatever, which I think is way overstating the case. You're really doing a worse version of the show to preserve the innocence of a million people when there's twelve million watching. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't compute. That does not compute. Yeah, I mean that's something we've talked about for a long time. I mean, especially like who who is to say what the pace of a comic book is um, when translated to a TV show? Because if you look at season two, for instance, mm-hmm. holy shit! One comic book got stretched out to thirteen episodes. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily try and peg like this is how many comic books equals a season or a half season. Uh, it will just be whatever they want it to be for whatever reason, you know, budgetary reasons, scheduling reasons, whatever. Um, they're going to make the show they want to make. I, You're either going to like it or you're not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, whether it takes five episodes to get to through five editions of a comic, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just the show they're going to make. 
And, you know, Darabont is not perfect in this regard. Like, he certainly started the trend of deviating from the comics, like, you know, the CDC plot, keeping Shane alive. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, it's very arguable about how The Walking Dead would have been if they just, the first six episodes were essentially the first trade paperbacks worth of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that, you know, maybe that's a little bit more defendable because they needed some kind of big bang and it was too soon to get into the prison and they only gave him six episodes to start with. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but it certainly got off on this foot where they're just always slightly remixing things to, to, to change the pacing and make it suit television, which is fine. It's what you should do, but the remixes for the sake of remixes. Are we in March to war now? Is that, where we are in the comics, essentially. I feel like it. We've been... Because I, I don't... I actually don't think Mike is wrong with, like, the prediction of what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that he's right because of the ratio to, of comics and, to and, TV And also, show, you got to like, think, like, how, where do you put in, like, uh, you, you know, where do you put in Daryl getting held hostage? Never happened. Where do you throw right. in the seaside stuff? Never happened. Where do you throw in the garbage people? Never happened. Mm-hmm. Like, that's already a ton of fat. Yeah, to throw on a set of bones. So, and all that, if if you look at it from a cynical place like I do, that's all filler. Mm-hmm. That's not necessary to telling the original plot. And are the garbage people superior to how it was? Like, I I don't want to. I don't. I can answer that. No, and I haven't even read the comics. <laughs> was Abraham's death in this superior to his death in the comics? No. Mm-hmm. You know, was having the double double baseball bat bash better than the single? No, like none of these are better. None, none of these are positive changes. Yeah, hiding Glenn under dumpster for five episodes. That's this is not good. All right, it does feel like we'll be at all out war at the end of this season, though. I assume I I don't know what marks the start of all out war in the comics. Yeah. But clearly a storm is brewing here, and we are building toward a I, I just wonder if you'll have... Because I think All Out War begins when you have like a large-scale conflict. Right. Like, I think like, that's like, going to happen next season. Because okay, you know, like All Out War could have begun with the satellite dish raid. Okay. You know, but it didn't. That was right. just like you know some kind of weird before the saviors were even kind of known. Mm-hmm. They were like an alien race. Um but uh, yeah, I I I I don't know what to think, and also, um, that satellite installation is interesting because that points to a Negan that does keep outposts, yeah, and does keep garrisons to keep t- tabs on people nearby. But did he just like, oh fuck, Rick cl- rolled that one up? Everybody head back to the, you know, and then he's got like a yeah. couple hundred people milling out in the street. Like that was never really uh-huh. explained. Couple playing golf. Couple playing out, playing golf, like it's yeah, yeah just just kind of dicking around. I don't know, man. That's all I got. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks everybody for listening. See you then. See you then. Bye.